The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Navigating the Cancer Maze with Grace Goller. Dealing with cancer is by no means easy to handle, but our program aims to make it easier through knowledge. Whether you've been recently diagnosed, are going through treatment right now, or are a survivor, our program will have points that you should hear. And by sharing our stories together, we'll make it truly a life-changing experience that you don't have to go through alone. Now, here is your host, Grace Goller. Welcome to another edition of Navigating the Cancer Maze. Quite excited today. My guest on Navigating the Cancer Maze is David Tuckero Jr. Uh, David's a Nicosel Cree First Nation man who overcame his fight with leukemia, and he's someone, folks, who's really truly navigated the leukemia maze. So if you listen to the show regularly, you'll know that one of the requirements as a guest is having an authentic story to tell, and this young man certainly qualifies. I read the book, um, Bad to the Bone. It's beautifully written, and David's story is very powerful. I'm sure you're going to find it very inspiring. And I guess Bad to the Bone, it's aptly named leukemia being an illness that begins in the bone marrow. So today, David will talk about the memoirs, and about the award-winning author, Oprah's Ambassador of Hope, Morales Scott, who transcribed his story beautifully, um, his leukaemia from the beginning right through to his remission and about his life. So today, folks, you're listening to someone who's been there, someone who's experienced his dark night of the soul, as it's called, and come through wiser for the pain. David Tuckero Jr. has found life purpose and he's now living out his passion of teaching others by way of his story and is helping others by uh, encouraging people to become a bone marrow donor. And today he's here with us to tell his story. Welcome to the show, David. Hi, Grace. Thank you so very much for having me on your show. I really, truly appreciate it. It's an absolute pleasure. Uh, when I was reading your book, I was very excited about the interview because I just think you do have such a, a powerful and a very important story to tell. So, David, can you tell us about your life before your diagnosis of leukemia? Yeah, uh, before I was diagnosed, um, I, I was a very introverted person, uh, very shy, very, you know, just would keep to myself. And I had a lot of inadequacy problems because, you know, my father was a very, very well, well, um, well businessman who did very well for himself and was, you know, nominated into the Hall of Fame in Canada. So growing up for me, it was placing my standards in life as what my dad was doing and falling very short because it was him setting standards for himself, not for me. But what he was doing was giving me the power to set it for myself, but I just didn't really see that power until later on in life. 
So growing up, you know, I had a great childhood. There was, there was no abuse or anything. It was just, you know, me being a very introverted person. Mm. Um, I thought you wrote uh, quite beautifully, actually, about your family um, in the book and your experience with that. So, David, for people listening today who may not know much about leukemia, can you share some of the symptoms of your illness and describe the events that actually led you to being hospitalised for that diagnosis? Yes. Well, at first, my first early symptoms were uh, I had this uh, sharp stabbing pain in my left side. And um, from there, it progressed to a really, it felt like a really bad flu. Uh, you know, extreme fatigue, extreme nausea, vomiting, hemorrhaging, and um, I would be so weak that I couldn't get up off the couch, you know, to get a glass of water. It just, I couldn't move. So my early symptoms were that of just a really, really bad flu. Mm, so how, how did that sort of lead up to you becoming diagnosed in hospital? Could you tell us a little bit about that? It, it just, I didn't really recognize it as, you know, it being cancer at first. It was more just, you know, thinking it was a bad flu, bad cold, and just getting worse. So when Christmas Eve came around in 2006, I was finally able to get from Fort McMurray, Alberta, to Kelowna, British Columbia, to go see my sister and my mom for Christmas. And on December 23rd, at about 10 p.m. at night, they said to me, you know, either we're going to call an ambulance for you, or we're going to take it to the hospital ourselves, to which I said, you know, just take me to the hospital. I didn't really want to cause a scene. So I was brought to the hospital and uh, instantly admitted because I had a uh, spike to fever, and they were doing their best to calm it down and then doing blood work, which I had not done up until that point, which, you know, my father had consistently said, David, you need to get your blood work done. So when I got my blood work done, I guess the numbers were really off, and they said I couldn't be right. So they came back, did another one, to which I guess the numbers were even worse. And again, they thought it was a bad test, so they did it a third time, to which it was even worse. So my blood was progressively getting worse as time was going on. So they had to act quick, and that's when they said, you know, you have acute lymphoblastic leukemia. There's a, you know, a medevac plane that's coming to get you now to bring you to Vancouver, and really, that's when everything kind of went very surreal for me, and I, I was just in, uh, you know, a state of shock that I just, it was just, everything was just so heavy at that time. Mm. Did you actually know uh, what leukemia was? Did you have any insight into uh, how serious this was early in the piece? Absolutely. I knew what leukemia was, but I didn't, if that makes any sense. They, they said, you know, blah, blah, yes, blah, white cells, T cells, red cells, hemoglobin, leukemia. And I, I knew what leukemia was, but I didn't know what it was, if that makes any sense, when it was told to me. I just knew that what I had was really detrimental. And what I had known about it before was that it was a blood cancer, but when I was told what it was, I'd forgotten that it was a blood cancer, if that makes any sense to you. Yeah, I think that's uh, all a part of the survival uh, aspect that kicks in when we, we have this kind of shock um, at the time of diagnosis. Um, how old were you um, when you were actually diagnosed? I, I just turned 25, uh, just a couple of months before that. So um, you know, I was still pretty young when I got it, but I was an adult that got childhood leukemia. So an adult getting childhood leukemia is very rare, and the survival rates for that are very, very low because 
it, 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 kids, children, are they have something in them that's more prone to fighting off the disease, but as you grow older, it goes away. So for me, getting this disease, there really wasn't much hope for me to survive at all. Just yes, they were going to do their best well. you know, protocol for me to keep me going, but it, there was really no hope for me at all. Um, David, it can be challenging as a survivor to tell your story over and over. Um, I know this has been the case for me. It's actually one of the reasons I wrote a book myself, my memoirs. Um, and it's a great benefit to have that recorded there for all time. But can you take us through your story from this time on and take as much time as you need because um, I'm sure you've got it down to a placey form uh, from actual time of diagnosis right through to your survival without giving away too much that's in the book, of course, because we'd love people to uh, to buy that and support you. Yeah. So, um, with your story, um, what else can you uh, share with us? Well, it's just you know, when I you know when I was diagnosed with this, I, at first I was really scared, you know, but I, I couldn't, you know, for me, I, if when you read the book, you'll see that I was kind of a cynical person, you know, that I was just you know living, that I was existing, not living, and for me to really get across to the people what it was really like, you know, I I really. I had to change the way I thought throughout this process because, for me, if I got consumed in dwelling in the darkness or the pity, that that would have just taken me out. So yep. it was really changing a lot of the way I thought in this process to overcome it. You know, it was being positive, putting out positive affirmations, and just uh, you know talking to God all the time. That you know, it just it really helped me get through what I needed to get through. And also music was another big part of me healing. It was just getting lost in music, you know. Sometimes that would just be the greatest escape from the horrors of what I was going through. So music was another big part of my healing journey. And um, I can't speak highly enough on the writing process because the journey for me, you know, I kept a lot of this, the emotions bottled up inside of me. So... Writing out what I was going through really was such an amazing thing for me. It was just so beneficial in every single aspect of life that writing such a simple thing could be so amazing. So I can't stress how incredible the writing, the writing process really is. And, you know, I encourage everybody to do it. I couldn't agree more. I think it's one of the best ways also to learn about the process, isn't it, that, um, that you've had along the way. Um, do you play a musical instrument, or are we talking about uh, listening to your favourite types of music? I, I've been a DJ since 1997, so I, I've got a huge love for vinyl records. Um, and also, you know, I've been playing the drums, too, since I was a teenager. So I've been really active in music, and I'm, you know, starting to take uh, guitar lessons now. So it's just really getting all of the instruments that I've wanted to learn, I'm starting to learn now. Fantastic. Uh, David, what did you learn, you would say, as some key points along the way? You've uh, talked about a few just now, but if you had to kind of name a few that were really key points in your recovery... Um, what would they be? Uh, key points of my recovery would probably be uh, moving to California from Canada to see an integrative doctor because what the doctor has done for me is just absolute night and day, and I cannot spread the word of an integrative doctor enough. You know, he 
has done this thing to me where he does an injection every week and it goes into my body and it cleans the cells. So instead of the cells reproducing dirty with the chemo and the radiation and all the medication, it goes in and cleans out the cell so the cells reproduce clean. So I'm in a place now where I'm actually healthier now than I was before I got sick and it's all because of the treatments he's done. Fantastic. Um, how's that worked in with your um, conventional treatment? Have you had any issues there or has, has that gap been able to be bridged by uh, the success of your story? Oh, it's been bridged completely, you know, with the success of the story and the doctor and uh, writing with uh, Marilla. There's just there's a lot of different things that came into really getting fully healed and the writing process was a big one in getting healed. Fantastic. We're going to go to a break uh, shortly, David, and when we come back, we're actually going to uh, talk a little more about Marla Scott and um, the writing of the book, Bad to the Bone, and I'll just uh, let you know, folks, here that you can get the book on Amazon or on um, David Takaro's website or also on uh, the website of Serif Books. So uh, we're going to be back shortly on Navigating the Maze with our wonderful guest today, David Takaro Jr. Don't go away. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Nestled in the heart of Germany's Black Forest is a very special clinic where breakthrough cancer medicine is offered to cancer patients around the world. Holvang Private Oncology Clinic is one of the leading establishments in biological cancer therapy. The clinic offers personalized cancer medicine, including genetic testing for detecting and applying targeted treatments. The clinic's ethic is to deliver treatments that are as conventional as necessary and natural as possible. For your personalized cancer treatment, please contact the clinic via their website at www.hullvang-clinic.com. That's H-A-L-L-W-A-N-G-clinic.com. Or call us in Germany at 490-7443-964240. Learn to navigate the cancer maze with trusted professionals in cancer health care. The Grace Scholar Institute, a not-for-profit organization with an established track record, a global clientele, and expertise in local and international referrals. The Institute's founder has almost 40 years' experience as a multidiscipline cancer strategist with a focus on finding options and implementing personalized care for cancer patients. The Grace Scholar Institute can help you navigate the cancer maze. Why not email the Institute today at institute at gracegoller.com or visit their website at gracegollerinstitute.com. Listen each week to Navigating the Cancer Maze with your host, Grace Goller, from the Grace Goller Institute as she interviews cancer medicine experts, researchers, allied health professionals, patients, and caregivers. Navigating the Cancer Maze provides you with information, education, inspiration, and a toolkit that will equip you wherever you are and whoever you are to effectively navigate your way through the cancer maze. The Grace Scholar Institute also provides ebook resources. Be inspired. Be empowered. Visit the Institute's website at www.gracegollarinstitute.com or email institute at gracegollar.com. 
are tuned into Navigating the Cancer Maze with your host, Grace Guller. We'd love to hear from you today on our program. Please call us toll-free from North America at 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. International callers may dial in to 480-553-5759. You may also send an email to institute at gracegoller.com. Now, back to Navigating the Cancer Maze. And welcome back to the show, Navigating the Cancer Maze. I'm your host, Grace Gawler, and today speaking with David Takaro, Jr., whose story, Bad to the Bone, we're going to talk about in this segment um, now, the title was written by acclaimed author and Oprah's Ambassador of Hope, Marla Scott. How did you connect with her, David, and what was the process of writing the book? Could you describe how that was for you? Yeah, it was, um, first off, I reached out to her after reading her book in her house, and it was just kind of a fluke for me that she took on my story because I, I didn't know if she would or not, and when I did reach out to her, she absolutely loved the story and said she would take it on. So for me, that was huge. But the part of writing was absolutely the best part of it. You know, I, I'd gone to her place out in Ohio a few times to really just one-on-one talk about my story. And, you know, she would ask me several questions pertaining to what I'd gone through. And what I didn't really understand was that she was actually helping me, you know, release a lot of the pain that I was carrying onto from, you know, the horrors of what I'd gone through in the hospital. And, you know, what what I got out was what was put on paper, and it was everything that was in me that was, you know, holding me back or weighing me down in some way. So it was, the way I look at it is, it was God. He put her in my life to really heal and to start to be able to help other people, because I'm in a place now, health-wise, that I'm able to do that. So for me, it was a matter of luck, but also... God putting, you know, the right people in my life for the right reasons. She's obviously got a, a great skill at this, David, because so when I was reading it, I felt like it was you and not a writer. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, so the thing is, I wrote story, but the what happened was she Yeah, kind of sometimes, you know, when you've got a ghostwriter, it, um, it, it, it can detract from who you are, but I just thought it was so beautifully written. Absolutely. So did I, you know. This, uh, you know, how she wrote it, her style was just, it was perfect for how I wanted to get my story across. Yeah, and it comes across in an inspiring way because you've been through such hard times, my goodness. Um, anyone who's listening to the show today who's a survivor um, through any kind of cancer experience or indeed life experience will uh, realise how tough this can be. Um, and yet she's been able to portray that in a way that, that is actually so inspiring. How did the title come about? That's an interesting thing. When we were writing this story, uh, Marilla came up with it. She's just like, I think we need to call this book Bad to the Bone. Instantly I thought, you know, the song, Bad to the Bone. I started singing that in my head and I thought, that is so awesome. You know, I mean, it works on so many levels, you know, with the tattoos, the music, the story, the cancer, just everything. It just was the most perfect story that we could have used, and I just, I loved it instantly. Yeah, I thought it's 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 a great catch, and uh, for me, when I finished the book, I thought, yep, fantastic title. So, David, your story, as I said, is a really inspiring story of hope. 
And I think in particular um, your book will have an impact on young people diagnosed with leukaemia or their parents and friends. Um, could you tell us more about the family dynamic here, um, you know, how they coped and, and your interactions with them, especially during this really challenging time of not knowing which way things were probably going to fall? Well, the thing is, for me, um, after I had accepted what was going on and not accepting what the fate was that was dealt to me, it was doing my best to not see my family hurting, you know, because I knew that I was going to get through this. No matter what was going to happen, I was going to be okay. And for me, I just did not like seeing my family hurting, you know, because um, they're helpless, you know. All they, they want to do is help, but they can't help because they don't know what to do. And mm-hmm. just seeing the frustration, it just hurt me to see them hurting. But really what it did was it strengthened our family relationships, you know, especially with my father. It really just brought us closer together. And, you know, from talking to a lot of people, different faiths and walks of life, all of them have said the same thing, that God does things for a reason to bring, you know, whether it's a family or a city, a community, a country, the world closer together. He does things for a reason. And I believe that I got what I got to get our family closer together and to really heal as a family, you know, and just to just to share the story, you know, and just with the family and uh, to be a part of everything, you know, it was just they were there for a lot of it, and for me it was just not seeing them hurting. Um, you have siblings? I've got a sister, yes, and she took it really hard when I was diagnosed. Yeah. Um do you think uh, through the experience, you've obviously understood your family through the experience, um, do you think they've understood the, the inner workings of their son David through this experience? Absolutely. You know, um, it, it took, you know, for me to write the book, for them to really understand what was going through my mind and what, what, it, you know, what I'm about. But after the book came out, they really, they learned a lot about me and understand me in a lot better way now. So the book really helped me to be understood. And what about your community? Um, you're a First Nation man, and uh, I guess you've got a very strong community around you. Um, and how have they reacted to your, uh, A, your plight in the, the initial part, but also the good news story? You know, I've gotten a lot of positive feedback from my community, and um, a lot of people have read the story and have been inspired by it and are, you know, just they're asking me for advice, you know, with what's going on with some of their family members and cancer and how to deal with it. And I I just tell them simply, you you need to let them go through the journey and, you know, let them connect with God and the doctors and just be healed by that and just be there for them. You know, don't take on the pain, just just be there for them. So the community has really been there for me in a lot of ways, and I've been there for them as well in a lot of ways. So it's really been a beneficial thing for everybody that the story came out. Fantastic. And I think uh, your website, um, which uh, is, is really uh, very helpful for anybody who's listening today, so log on to David's website. We'll... Uh, give you the details of that shortly and of course if you want to uh, know more about today's episode of Navigating the Cancer Maze as always go to gracegallermedia.com Let's talk about your bone marrow donor Um, that's a pretty extraordinary story and uh, 
that you're meeting them, your relationship with them, and even before that, you know, what's it like to be given life by this other person that you don't know? It was actually very incredible. You know, when I was getting my bone marrow transplant, all I kept thinking was a new life is being put into me. And before I meet, met the, my bone marrow donor, all I could think of was how incredible it was that somebody selflessly donated their bone marrow to save a life. You know, I don't know where this person's from at the time. I don't know what motivated them to say yes, but all I know is my life was being saved. So before I, I was able to meet uh, Christian Holtman, I had all kinds of questions. You know, what is this person? Where are they from? What are they like? How old are they? And when the DKMS and the Vancouver Bone Marrow Registry finally connected and, you know, informed us of each other, it was just the most incredible moment. When I first, you know, the first moments of meeting my bone marrow donor were just so surreal. It was talking to the person that saved my life. You know, I, my soul and spirit is still on earth because of this person's selflessness. And to me, that was just so significant. And I just couldn't, you know, there's just, it's really hard for me to articulate, you know, the power that came with that and just the, the amazingness that came with it. It was just so incredible that somebody did something so selflessly to save my life. And I just cannot thank that man enough. Mm. Um, is it usual for you to be able to meet your donor? I'm actually not very familiar with that. It is. After a couple of years, from what I gathered, they said to me, you know, it takes two years. You have to have your bone marrow transplant in you for two years. And then after that, you have to write a letter. They have to write a letter. You have to want to meet them. They have to want to meet you. And from there, you know, the DKMS registry and then the Vancouver bone marrow registry have to connect with each other. So there's a lot of you know, finicky process that goes along with meeting your bone marrow donor, but it's worth it. Absolutely, one million percent worth it. You know, it, it, that weight is incredible. It's an it's an awesome it's an awesome weight. David, for people who also don't know much about um, this donating of bone marrow and what's involved, could you just give us a little summary of that for someone who's listening today and think, oh, that sounds like a really good idea, um, but but what do I do? Okay, well, first off, if you want to go to my webpage, www.davidtuckero.com, T-U-C-C-A-R-O.com, you can sign up to become a bone marrow donor on there, and it's a very simple process now. So what you do is you'll click on the link, and they'll send you a swab kit for you and a family or a friend, and uh, you just swab the inside of your cheeks, put it in, and send it back to them. And when you're matched with somebody... They'll let you know, and from there you just take the, pro- the steps to do the process of donating, which is uh, they'll give you medication to get your bone marrow up for about a week. And then from there, you will go through the process of getting a little needle in one arm. They'll take the blood, put it in a machine, take the bone marrow, shake the blood and the platelets, put that back into you, and another needle in the other arm. So where before they would have to aspirate from your hip, they don't do that anymore. Now it's just a very painless, I cannot stress that enough, it's a very painless process <laughs> as what it used to be. Great. So we'll just repeat that again, if you would, David, um, your website, please, and um, where they can find that information on the site. Yeah, if you go onto my website again, www.davidtuckero.com, you can go to the Become a Donor link, 
click on there and all the information is laid out there. It is a very easy thing to do. Just give your information and they'll send you everything you need to know and with the swab kits as well. Fantastic. So I hope, uh, listeners today, that you take heart from this and um, get actively involved with this um, wonderful life-giving uh, practice that's out there that uh, David is promoting. So fantastic job. We are going to take a break on Navigating the Cancer Maze. We're going to be back very soon and we're going to be talking more about um, David Takaro's amazing story and recovery from leukaemia and how he's getting that out to the world. Don't go away. Your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Learn to navigate the cancer maze with trusted professionals in cancer health care. The Grace Scholar Institute, a not-for-profit organization with an established track record, a global clientele, and expertise in local and international referrals. The Institute's founder has almost 40 years' experience as a multidiscipline cancer strategist with a focus on finding options and implementing personalized care for cancer patients. The Grace Scholar Institute can help you navigate the cancer maze. Why not email the Institute today at institute at gracegoller.com or visit their website at gracegollerinstitute.com. Listen each week to Navigating the Cancer Maze with your host, Grace Goller, from the Grace Goller Institute, as she interviews cancer medicine experts, researchers, allied health professionals, patients, and caregivers. Navigating the Cancer Maze provides you with information, education, inspiration, and a toolkit that will equip you wherever you are and whoever you are to effectively navigate your way through the cancer maze. The Grace Goller Institute also provides ebook resources. Be inspired. Be empowered. Visit the Institute's website at www.gracegollerinstitute.com or email institute at gracegoller.com. Nestled in the heart of Germany's Black Forest is a very special clinic where breakthrough cancer medicine is offered to cancer patients around the world. Hulvang Private Oncology Clinic is one of the leading establishments in biological cancer therapy. The clinic offers personalized cancer medicine, including genetic testing for detecting and applying targeted treatments. The clinic's ethic is to deliver treatments that are as conventional as necessary and natural as possible. For your personalized cancer treatment, please contact the clinic via their website at wwwhulvang clinic.com. That's H-A-L-L-W-A-N-G dash clinic dot com. Or call us in Germany at 490-7443-964240. You are tuned into Navigating the Cancer Maze with your host, Grace Goller. We'd love to hear from you today on our program. Please call us toll-free from North America at one 866 472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. International callers may dial in to 480-553-5759. You may also send an email to institute at gracegoller.com. Now, 
Back to Navigating the Cancer Maze. Welcome back to Navigating the Cancer Maze. I'm your host, Grace Gawler, and today speaking with David Takaro, Jr., and about his uh, wonderful book, Bad to the Bone, the story of David Takaro, Jr. Um, David, welcome back after the break. Um, I wanted to talk about the cover on um, Bad to the Bone. It's a great cover. And, uh, of course, the first thing I noticed was your amazing body art, and I was intrigued uh, when I read the book that you said you let your tats talk when you feel lost for words yes. and that your story is actually in that art. Tell us about how that, that is for you, that process of uh, putting your story into that form. You're obviously very creative. Well, thank you. What I did there was, you know, after I got sick, I, before getting sick, I, I, was, I always loved the tattoo culture and the artwork that came with it. And was kind of very afraid to do it for, you know, getting a job purposes. So after I got sick, I was like, okay, you're, you're only here once, just do it. You know, just tell your story by getting really good pieces of art put on you. So what I would do is I would go to the tattoo shops and say, you know, this is kind of my idea. If you can come up with a drawing, let's go with what you got because I trust what you're going to do for me. So... For me, who was trusting what the artist was going to do and letting them be, giving them full creativity over it. So the pieces I get are just phenomenal now because of it. And I just, that's how I work is if I want to get the best piece, I want to give the artist free creativity, free range and creativity to do what it is they do. And from that, I just, you know, put that on my body. And, you know, I got certain tattoos to tell certain stories of what it is I've gone through whether it's the angel overlooking the people, you know, my dedication piece, or the survivor that's tattooed on my knuckles, you know, I, I've got my story tattooed on me. Yep. Uh, who uh, designed that cover? Well, whose idea was it? That was actually Alyssa Curry's idea. She, um, she, we took the picture from a guy named Caleb, and then Alyssa Curry went with that, and she just designed the most, phenomenal book cover I've ever seen in my life and just brilliant. I've never seen a cover like that and I've still not seen a cover anywhere like that and uh, it's just it's just amazing what she did there. It is and it's the sort of cover that makes you stop and look and uh, you don't really expect that it's going to be a story about you know a guy who's been through leukemia and, and of course the title's really intriguing too so uh, yeah, that's that's fantastic. Um, look, we talked about the music part of your life early on, and I know music therapies out there. A lot of people uh, like to have music around them when they're in the healing process, in particular. Um, any thoughts or any uh, kind of words of wisdom from your experience about the actual use of healing? during periods of time throughout your uh, your own illness and, and even now? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, for me, the healing process is a continuation, you know. It, it will never finish for me. But what I found is, you know, there's a lot of things that are therapeutic that will help you get through it. For me, writing, the writing process, and whether it's lyrics of a song or whether it was writing this book or just continuing to write how I feel in a day, the writing process has been so therapeutic for me, and I can't stress enough how incredible that is. You know, if, just, just write out, you know, if you're having a bad day, if you're a cynical person, just write out how you're feeling. 
go back to it the next day and then laugh on how silly you think that was, you know, and just build up your confidence that way, you know. That's, you know, for me, that's how I had to do it, you know, was just kind of write stuff out and look back and say, that was silly. Why did I think so negatively? That's not who I am, you know. So writing was just such a huge thing for me. And music as well, you know. I mean, for me, getting lost in music was just such an awesome thing to do. You know, it was a place where it was really just untouched, you know. It, it is what it is, and nothing can ever change that, what comes from music. And for me, getting those same feelings every time was another thing that would just kind of take me out of the world that I was in when I was getting chemo and radiation and just bring me to a happy place. So there's a lot of different things that I use tools-wise to help me get through this. Mm. Uh, it could be another good idea for a book, David, uh, in helping people <laughs> navigate the maze in that particular way um, because people are often struggling to find ways. Or, or actually, I think, too, sometimes people think that they have to do something very different um, in order to heal, but sometimes it's using the resources that you already had. Um, would you agree with that? Absolutely, 100%, yes. Sometimes and um, in writing your story as well, um, in, in the actual writing of it, when you first sat down and you read your own story, how was that? It was incredible for me, you know. Uh, reading what I had gone through in my life and seeing it all on paper, it was just an incredible moment for me. And uh, I, I just remember my smile being from, like, one end of my face to the other. I just It was such an incredible moment for me, seeing all the work I had done, you know, finally in my hand. And just it was just the most surreal moment for me. Did you do a lot of journaling in the time that you were in, in hospital? I did a little bit, not a lot, you know, but um, I, I just a little bit to get by if I really needed to do something. I would write out a little bit, yes, absolutely. But I really started journaling after when I was in a place of, you know, good health that I could really start writing and focusing in on it that I did it. Mm. Um, I think, you know, we, we've talked about your... Uh, uh, story through your recovery and I'd really recommend to listeners today there's so much more than uh, David's talked about it's very very rich and and quite profound um, could you tell us a little more about um, Fort McMurray in Canada and what life was actually like there I mean it's a long I've not been um, to that part of Canada before I'm Australian um, what was life like there for you as, as a child growing up, and what was the environment like, etc.? It was very cold. You know, I, it, it's just by the Arctic Circle there, so it, it's a very, very, very cold place to live. Uh, but what kept us there was um, it, it's the tar sands, you know. It's what uh, kept uh, sustainable life for a lot of people. So for us, it was, you know, a working place. And uh, it, it provided very well for us and a lot of other people. So working in Fort McMurray was really cold, but at the same time very rewarding. Uh, it was a very isolated place too. You know, it's really it's about four hours north of Edmonton, Alberta, and um, which is the closest major city to us. And it, it's just it's a very isolated place. You know, one road in, one road out kind of thing, and a uh, lot of work up there. Lots and lots and lots of work up there. And what's that main work? What does that entail? It's the oil industry up there. So uh, there's a lot of, you know, uh, tar sands. What, what they do is um, 
it, it's uh, the tar sands. What it is is they steam the oil out of the sand to produce barrels of oil for you know the oil companies. Right. Okay. Yeah, very interesting. Um, I, having read the book, I did read some of that early life, and uh, I was intrigued. How cold does it get? Well, the coldest I've ever been was minus 59 degrees Celsius. Wow. Yeah. It was very cold. <laughs> it is. I woke up, turned on the weather channel, saw minus 59, and went straight back to bed. <laughs> <laughs> do, your, uh, do your parents, do your, um, does your sister still live there, or, or are they um, somewhere else now? Just my father is up there. He's the only one that's, uh, he, he works up there still, and uh, he's between, you know, all of Canada, you know, traveling for business, but uh, he, he's the only one that's left up in Fort McMurray. Mm-hmm. And, uh, David, what do you um, kind of do with yourself uh, now? This has obviously changed a, a life direction for you. Um, what's happening for you now, and, and what uh, do you see down the pipeline for your future? Right now, I, I you know, the, working with this book has just been amazing. It's really a raising awareness of the importance of bone marrow donation, and um, just working on that every day. Just how can I get out there more to really spread the message? So when I wake up, my what goes through my head right away is, what can I do to get my book out today to really spread the message? And that's really what consumes my day for the most part. And on the speaking circuit, are, um, are you doing any sort of public speaking? For people listening in today who think, wow, this is a great story, I'd love to have you speak at our Rotary meeting or our Lions Club or something. Um, is that something that you're doing? Absolutely. Uh, I just did uh, an award ceremony up in Toronto, Ontario, Canada about a month ago, and uh, that, was, that went really well. You know, I'm, I love public speaking. I'm, apparently, I'm a natural at it, so I've been told. <laughs> so I, I just I love public speaking. You know, I just I like getting out yeah. there and sharing the story, and you know, with the passion that comes behind it, and the just the, the dedication and everything that comes along with what I'm doing is just it's what I eat, sleep, and breathe now. Is just the importance of bone marrow donation. And I guess uh, you're probably speaking at some of the leukemia foundations. Would that be right? Uh, not as of yet, but uh, I am in contact with them and, you know, just do my best. Because what I also would I'd like to do is uh, go to the hospitals to meet with some of the people that are going through what they're going through and give them support, you know. So when I do these tours, you know, if you want to call it that, when I go around to the cities to speak on the book, also, you know, it's I like to stop off in the hospitals as well to go give encouragement and spread the positivity, you know, and just give people some of the tools that I gave myself in order to get through what I got through, you know, and also to talk to the families because, you know, it's everybody's affected by cancer. You know, it's not just a one-person deal. It's everybody. So it's about reaching out to the families as well and giving them support, you know, because they got to have support as well because they're, they're in this as well as the person, you know, everybody in the involved, there's friends and family involved. So it's reaching everybody and giving them hope and support as well. Fantastic. Uh, David, we're going to take our last break on Navigating the Cancer Maze today. And uh, when we come back, uh, I'd like you to uh, talk about some of those tools and actually name them um, in point form. We might even put those up on the website afterwards so uh, people can get some insights as to your uh, survival uh, skills that you learned along the way. So don't go back, folks. Um, rather, don't go away, folks. <laughs> 
I'm getting so excited about David's story. Um, we are going to be back shortly on Navigating the Cancer Maze. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Listen each week to Navigating the Cancer Maze with your host, Grace Goller, from the Grace Goller Institute, as she interviews cancer medicine experts, researchers, allied health professionals, patients, and caregivers. Navigating the Cancer Maze provides you with information, education, inspiration, and a toolkit that will equip you wherever you are and whoever you are to effectively navigate your way through the cancer maze. The Grace Scholar Institute also provides ebook resources. Be inspired. Be empowered. Visit the Institute's website at www.gracegolarinstitute.com or email institute at gracegolar.com. Nestled in the heart of Germany's Black Forest is a very special clinic where breakthrough cancer medicine is offered to cancer patients around the world. Hulvang Private Oncology Clinic is one of the leading establishments in biological cancer therapy. The clinic offers personalized cancer medicine, including genetic testing for detecting and applying targeted treatments. The clinic's ethic is to deliver treatments that are as conventional as necessary and natural as possible. For your personalized cancer treatment, please contact the clinic via their website at www.hullvang-clinic.com. That's H-A-L-L-W-A-N-G-clinic.com. Or call us in Germany at 490-7443-964240. Learn to navigate the cancer maze with trusted professionals in cancer health care. The Grace Scholar Institute, a not-for-profit organization with an established track record, a global clientele, and expertise in local and international referrals. The Institute's founder has almost 40 years' experience as a multidiscipline cancer strategist with a focus on finding options in implementing personalized care for cancer patients. The Grace Scholar Institute can help you navigate the cancer maze. Why not email the Institute today at institute at gracegoller.com or visit their website at gracegollerinstitute.com. You are tuned into Navigating the Cancer Maze with your host, Grace Goller. We'd love to hear from you today on our program. Please call us toll-free from North America at 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. International callers may dial in to 480-553-5759. You may also send an email to institute at gracegoller.com. Now, back to Navigating the Cancer Maze. Welcome back to Navigating the Cancer Maze. I'm your host, Grace Gawler, and today... Speaking with David Takaro Jr., who has um, written his book alongside his ghostwriter, uh, an amazing book, Bad to the Bone, published by Seraph Publishing. 
and available through Amazon and also available on David's website, which is davidtakaro.com. And uh, welcome back, David. Um, we are going to, in this um, last few minutes that we have today, ask you to just name some of the tools, the most valuable tools that you found both in your time as going through leukaemia but also then coming out of that phase and what it's like to be a survivor. And um, do those tools change? Have they changed for you? No, well, the tools going into it, you know, when I was first diagnosed was uh, I had a, you know, a friend come to me and give me an affirmation, which, you know, he said unconsciously, but to me it meant everything, which was power through it, which to me meant, you know, no matter what the situation was, or I had to power through it, you know, and I talk a lot about that in the book as well, you know, just powering through the situation. I also had another one which was uh, that a nurse had given me, which was good cells attacking bad cells. So when I was getting my chemo, I would just think good cells attacking bad cells, you know, just the power of positivity, which I talk a lot about in my book. And I just, that really is what the whole basis is of my survival was the power of positivity. You know, whatever it is, key phrases that you can latch onto that, you know, help, whether it be power through it or good cells attacking bad cells, for me, it was just saying that and putting out the positive energy into the world and hoping it would come back to me in a, in a good way. And, and also talking with God, you know, just uh, every day, can you help me through this? Can you help me through this moment, man? Just, just help me here. You know, so there was a lot of that as well. So a lot of the tools I had going into this were, you know, just the fighting mentality. And then coming out of it, you know, I just kept all the same mentality, you know, just power through it no matter what. Because after you become a survivor, you've still got lingering effects from, you know, post-secondary illnesses. For me, I've got kidney disease, I've got avascular necrosis, I've got graft-versus-host disease. So I've got a list of things still going on in me every day. But the thing is, I don't let it consume me. So for the most cynical of person out there, I've got, you know, I know what I've got is bad, but somebody else has it worse. So that's another mentality I had to have. So I guess what it all boils down to is just no matter what it is, you're going through, you have to put a positive spin on it. You have to be as positive as you can to get that survival mode mentality into you. You know, use the anger for as much as you can, but let it go. You can't get consumed in it, you know, because it will give you fuel for a little bit, as well as the the why me, the pity part, that'll get you through a little bit as well. But positivity will get you through the whole thing. So my thing is to not get consumed into, you know, the negativity part. Yeah, I, I think that's a very wise um, set of tools that you've provided there. Um, it's very easy for patients to be stuck in the why me. And also in my experience, it's very easy for patients to be stuck in the story itself. And I think one important thing there is that this powering on um, tool that you've found for yourself is quite significant. Um, can you talk a little bit more about, as a survivor, dealing with survivorship? Um, do you feel like you, you're now in a position where, you know, you're having to help a lot of people? Or is this a sort of a natural uh, progression of things that it's like, as you say, this is sort of a, a, almost a God-given um, gift in a way that you've had through this illness? 
it is an absolute God-given gift that I've gotten through this, and it absolutely is natural for me to want to help people, you know. For me, it's wanting to help as many as possible, and then just just really giving that extra little bit of care, you know, into really giving people the tools that they need to get through what it is they're going through. And it just takes that little bit of extra encouragement, you know. It doesn't. It's nothing for me to give, but it's everything for them to receive. Do you know what I mean? So yep. I, I like to give as much encouragement as I can when it comes to, you know, this kind of a situation for people. And, uh, David, and we're uh, starting to close up now, but um, who are the people you'd really like to thank as, as being a part of your story? Oh, gosh, there's, there's a lot of people. I'd love probably to thank a, you, Dad. Them, but um, it would be good uh, to just even name, uh, like, hospitals or um, doctors. or. Absolutely. First off, you know, Dr. Donna Forrest, my oncologist, Dr. Gary Ruelis, my uh, physician now, uh, Marilla Scott, absolutely. Uh, my father, Dave Tuckeroo. Uh, Cynthia Luce, my fiance, who's been a continuing source of, uh, you know, support and inspiration for me. Um, they've all been, they're, they're the ones that have been there for me. My mother, my sister, you know, been there for me. So I, I've got to thank my family, my friends, but really, you know, the doctors at Vancouver General, Kelowna General Hospital, uh, the many hospitals I've been to down here in the U.S., you know, just all, everybody that's been involved with my healing i got to think, but especially my father and uh, Marilla Scott. I think uh, you're a very a gracious survivor, and I, I think that graciousness is a very important part of uh, healing and recovery and survivorship as well, you know, acknowledging people who helped you along the way. And it also goes to show, David, that there's an amazing team that's involved with every cancer patient. Um, it's not just a, a few people. It's an amazing complex of people all pulling together for you. Absolutely it is. So uh, we're going to wind up um, our time today. And for the listeners, I'm sure you have really enjoyed listening to David's story. Please visit his website, which is, David? www.davidtuckero.com, T-U-C-C-A-R-O. And you can get my book, Bad to the Bone, on Kobo, Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, and iTunes, as well as my website. Great. And I read mine on Kindle, which was very easy, and I was just popping around with my iPad and reading it wherever I possibly could. Um, and as always, of course, there'll be more on gracecallandmedia.com about today. Um, please support uh, David, uh, buy the book, be inspired. And I just want to close today with the words of a wise teacher that I met uh, in the USA at conferences many years ago. I was just talking off air with uh, David about this person. Her name is Angelie Arian, and she delivered some words at a conference that I've actually uh, never forgotten, and I've also quoted them in my own books. And she talks about this uh, also of illness being the opportunity for reflection of life and uh, to answer some profound questions. And I'm just going to close today with these questions. So um, she is a Basque healer and storyteller, and uh, she introduced these questions for if you were recovering or pondering um, about life issues. First question, where in your life did you stop singing? The second question, where in your life did you stop dancing? The third question, when in your life did you become uncomfortable with the sound of your own life story? And the fourth one is when in your life did um, 
you become uncomfortable with the sound of your own inner sacred silence. So today I think you've heard from someone who's answered those questions. So do buy Bad to the Bone, the story of David Takaro Jr. And thank you so much, David. On behalf of our listeners to the show today, on behalf of myself, it has been wonderful having you as a guest. Thank you very much again for having me. I truly appreciate this amazing opportunity to share my story with you all. Thank you. Fantastic. And my very best wishes for your ongoing uh, survivorship and getting through those challenges. Thank you. I appreciate that. And same to everybody else out there who's going through their own journey. Just um, buy the book and you'll see the inspiration in there and just the, just find the tools that are in the book because there's, there's plenty of them in there that will help you go through your own journey in life. Thank you. Okay, we will see everyone or we'll hear everyone or know you're out there next week on Navigating the Cancer Maze. Do come back and visit us again. And remember, you can download all of our episodes of Navigating the Cancer Maze here on Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Bye for now, folks. Thank you again for listening to Navigating the Cancer Maze. Please join your host, Grace Goller, again next Friday at 12 noon U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Remember, cancer is not something you have to face alone. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Save on your prescriptions with the RX Savings Plus Drug Discount Card offered by Voice America. It is not insurance and discounts are only available from participating pharmacies. But